hello and welcome to episode 156 of the 1099 for the week of July 9th, 2018. I'm your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is a composer, sound designer, half of the droids, and someone fresh to the world of creating the soundtracks for video games. Joshua Queen. Josh, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I'm doing really good. Just saw Incredibles 2. It's a good movie. Oh, it's, it's great. It's yeah. super good. Like really I, good. I had not actually seen the first Incredibles in a long time, so I, yeah. there was so many little things where I was like, maybe <laughs> yeah. that's kind of similar to what the first one did. It, it goes along the same beats, but it's. I usually don't fall for easy nostalgia, but there's sure. a lot of easy nostalgia that hits in that. Yeah, it's been 14 years. I couldn't. Believe it. They actually put a thing at the beginning, like, "Hey, it's been a long time." Like, yeah, it has. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny how some movies are doing stuff like that, right? Where at the right. front, they're like, hey, here's the people who made this, yeah. and we're going to like humanize this, so don't be angry at our movie if it's oh, not yeah. great. I always <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, leave us alone. We're people. Well, if you remember <laughs> uh, the Bethesda E3 press conference like three years ago, before they started, they just showed like, here's our janitor, and here's the family of yeah, everyone who yeah. works here. Like At the end, you're like, man, I can't do snarky tweets now. I know, right? Like, well, that's, yeah, I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I, if we could actually have fewer snarky tweets at E3, I think E3 would be much more enjoyable online. Amen to that. Yeah. So sound design is something I've always been fascinated by mm-hmm. because Me too. so often soundtracks are what stick with a lot of people well after a game is beaten, especially music, certain tracks. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of early musical inspirations for you, um, based off what I was reading, were from the Nintendo with something like Kid oh, Icarus. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And everyone kind of knows about what Mario sounds like, what Zelda sounds like. And again, we all have personal connections to certain games. But beyond Kid Icarus, you can talk about Kid Icarus too, but what were some of the older games with soundtracks that really made you want to get into this business? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel this way, but uh, Mega Man, Castlevania, mm. um, uh, those, you know, those just, I, those are the first time in my life I heard music and liked it. And then when uh, I played Final Fantasy II in America, four or four, yeah, um, the soundtrack to that blew my mind on the Super NES, and I was yeah. like, "Wow! You mean you could put two instruments together and they do even more?" You know, because the NES was just you know three three sounds, and then all of a sudden on the Super Nintendo it was you know in my mind as a kid it was an orchestra, you know, and I really started to just <laughs> you could put things together and it makes it sound even cooler, and yeah. It was, that was huge. Was it something you immediately wanted to figure out how it worked? Because for me, it's always, hey, that sounds really cool. And I like, please find a way to get that on a back then. It'd be like a cassette <laughs> or something like that, well, or like a CD. Uh, yeah, but... yeah, actually, you're right. You're right on with that. I would um, I would record, like, especially Mega Man. I would record each stage on a cassette tape and I would play with my little G.I. Joes and stuff and Ninja Turtle figurines with that playing, you know, and I would edit different parts together for like the boss fights, quote unquote, and whatnot because I appreciated having something to go along with my toys because it felt like it was lacking. Yeah. There was no soundtrack going. Did you actually appreciate the simplicity of it more? Because I think a lot of people, um, it, people always joke about your favorite Mario Kart is sure. your first Mario Kart. Sure. And very often I think there's this very influential stage of life when you're playing games. It's usually like 8 to 13 range mm-hmm. where those certain games are going to stick out to you and really you're going to associate a lot more with them even if they're not the greatest like there's this weird fascination i have with donkey kong 64 even though it's the ultimate collect-a-thon and not an actually incredible video game but it was in that certain era so was it the era or that really grabbed you because you just started getting the games or was it maybe what they did with so little um it's hard to say honestly uh i don't think i was just you know just a kid and i was just into it at the time but looking back on it and what i've ended up liking now is sound synthesis I really love using synthesizers. 
Um, mm. If I, anytime I get a chance to put a synth in something, I'm in. I'm excited. And blending it, like my whole music career was trying to blend synthesizers into rock in not a techno-y in industrial way, you know. And, you know, there's only a few bands I ever heard do that. So I think that just that was the first time and one of the only times for a long time I heard synthesizers do very original music and intense uh, compositions, you know, that were interesting on their own, you know. And that, that's something I kept trying to do throughout my musical career as well. Now, so is there another generation that stands out beyond Nintendo? Because, of course, right now it's an entirely different ballgame with the budgets and what people are able to do oh, yeah. with sound design. And also, and we could talk about this more a little bit later, people are trying to emulate and recreate some of those older games and oh, what the... they sounded like today with, you know, entirely different hardware. But, I mean, PS1, PS2, N64, like, was there another era that you really had some moments where you're like, God, this just sounds great? I got a, my family got our first computer um, in 1993, and mm. uh, that was right when Doom landed. And that was the second genesis in my life. That that game blew my mind, and that got me into like hard rock, you know, and metal and stuff. Because those mm. those tracks, you know, with their little ad lib sound cards were, they were cooking. You know, they were good. They were good songs, and um, and just the darker theme of a lot of uh, PC games in that time. You know, more tactical, more intense. Uh, I, I I was a PC gamer from then on out. I kept up on Nintendo, but yeah, it was PC and Nintendo from then on out. Did the new Doom fascinate you oh, in terms of what it sounded like? Because yes. it's an incredible game. And I think a lot of people talk about how much it really, it, it doesn't feel like the old Doom, but it, it harkens back to it in so many ways. It feels like the natural evolution of what those games were, were in terms of the speed of things and the look of things. But not a lot of people talk about the fact that the music kind of feels like it belongs in that old Doom era, but in an entirely different way. Is that something with Wolfenstein, with Doom, with a lot of these older games that you obviously, as someone with a PC in 1993, you yeah. probably loved. Yeah. Is it cool to hear how the music has changed? Oh, yeah, definitely. I I, I like it when um, developers and, you know, and, you know, musicians don't try to just redo what was done because I don't think that'll translate now. You know, I think there are actual improvements that the industry's made that they need to, you know, they need to do. Um, I like it when they make you think you're playing that old game again, like, um, you know, like Cuphead and games like Celeste. They feel old, but they're not, you know, they're very yeah. clearly not. Because if I go back and play Mega Man now, uh, you know, or I show my daughter <laughs> Mega Man, it's it's a cool game, you know, it's still great. But, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really, I really want some of these new, I want to see Mega Man now, you know? Like really yeah. done now with a lot of the God, you name it, physics, lighting. Just there's so many things. Sound design, you know, there's so many things you could do now. But yeah, the the soundtrack in the new Doom, I loved it. Mick Gordon was like, I was jealous because I was like, oh, that should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> do you know a lot of the names of all the sound designers and people who do that? Because uh, a lot of people might know. All right, I know Hideo Kojima. I know um, Cliff Blazinski. I know the main figureheads. But yeah. because you're so fascinated by sound design, by music, and just how games sound do you look at all those people in the credits and have you like reached out to a lot of them uh no i haven't reached out to them much um i you know i probably will now that i'm moving into this more but um yeah i definitely i was it's something happened about 10 years ago where uh the soundtracks and games started to get taken more seriously uh around the uh like meat boy and minecraft you know era when that first started happening uh i guess it's when indie games first really started like plants vs zombie had a great soundtrack and uh, people just started, you know, playing those on Spotify and downloading those. And, and all of a sudden you had these video game composers who were kind of rock stars, you know. I love that. I think that's great because that was the music that 
I always, you know, I always liked. When I was reviewing games at GameSpot, I'll always remember there were so many reviews where I'd get a note back from the editor saying, like, you didn't talk about how this game sounded at all. Like, you didn't mention the music, you didn't mention different things, and it's... Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's strange, because, first off, I totally should have, but if, if, a, sound, if a soundtrack is bad, it really oh, stands yeah, out. Yeah. If a soundtrack blends with everything that's going on, you right. almost don't notice that, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Sure. It's almost... Uh, people talk about this in combat sports, like boxing and MMA, where if a ref is doing his or her job correctly, you shouldn't notice they're there. And yeah. a lot of times, music will do that. But then there's times where it does blend, but it's so exceptional mm -hmm. that it stands out. Like Journey is an example I would yeah. always go to of just there's there's a subtlety to it, and it just works in concert, uh, no pun intended, with everything that's <laughs> going on. That by the end, I remember just sitting there and being like, "That's that music is going to stick." with me for the longest yeah. time and i couldn't imagine what that game would be like if it didn't have that soundtrack and you were talking earlier um about recreating certain things so that they're they almost remind you of why you love something to begin with yeah and it's uh with the, the perfect example for me for a lot of this is are you a ratchet and clank fan at all i've never played it so when i was younger i was really into the ratchet and clank games yeah. and i they did a, a remake about two years ago or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, and what it did, it was somehow based off that bizarre movie, but what it did <laughs> is it um, it recreated so many of the different sequences, but it changed like the gameplay, the look, the sound, the feel, and everything so much that mm -hmm. you felt like you were playing it again for the first time, which yeah. is maybe one of the hardest things to do. And we talked before about people recreating 8 and 16-bit things, mm -hmm. uh, diff different games in the modern era. In those different games, I don't know, I know you haven't like worked on too many games at mm -hmm. this point, but let's say you were tasked with, hey, make the soundtrack of a modern Super Nintendo game, essentially, that yeah. we're going to put on PC, or we're going to put on PS4 or something like that. Do you feel more pressure because you're now going to be stacked up against games from an entirely different era? Because you're not just going against you know, major AAA game soundtracks. You're going against these different Mario and Zelda and sounds that defined people's sure. childhoods. Oh, is is yeah. that a different challenge? I'm sure if it was a if it was a major franchise, I I I, I can't remember his name. The guy that did um, Mario and Rabbids, he he talked oh, about man. this. Where it was, yeah. I can't I can't do this. You know, I can't do a Mario game. And I can't I can't imagine the pressure that would be because that's a huge legacy. You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, I've been doing this for so long and just you know talk to the the team and what they what they're hoping to do and you know it's there that's every time i get stuck i just start thinking about god the th maybe thousands of games i've played and there's always something there to pull from you mentioned talking to the team and that's something that i'd assume you of course have to do a lot when mm -hmm. you're working with other people to help design what their game is going to sound like mm -hmm. what music is coming into it but can it be difficult working with clients in such a creative field where you have a specific idea of how things should sound you have certain things in mind for here's how i think this should come through but the developer might have an entirely different idea of what their game sounds like sure. have you even in this first year clashed at all with people in terms of what you think the sound should be and what they think the sound should be uh i mean sure i mean not 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 in a bad way you know in a creative way i think you know it was just mm. like well i think maybe we should do this and you know okay i can see that that kind of thing you know it wasn't like a a drama situation but uh yeah i mean i I've, I've been, having played in bands for so long uh you, you get over that at some point you know because I've, I've played with so many different people that that you, that's drama you know that's where you get into some serious arguments you know <laughs> you know the bass player thinks it should go a certain way and that kind of thing 
Um, so no, uh, that's one of the reasons I like the game industry so much, so much now is that I really feel like it's in such a good, a great place. It's like where music kind of was in the nineties. It's like, there's just so many great things happening that are so fresh and new and everyone just wants to be creative and make a cool thing. And, um, you know, for, for a long time, it felt like music wasn't, wasn't keeping up with that. So yeah. Because you do have this affinity for classic games, like mm-hmm. you said, you've probably played thousands at this point. Yeah. Kid Icarus is going to stand out. Do you find yourself creating music that most closely mirrors that era, or is that just more of an inspiration and a jumping off point? It's a jumping off point because, um, like I said, I, I got real. I got into a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of, uh, pop, I guess what we just call it, you know, pop radio, that kind of thing. You know, producing, mm. you know, just tracks to try to make it big and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of different influences that come into it. And that's why I appreciate uh, modern soundtracks so much. Is they're just so good. You know, they they you know they don't. I don't think the stuff on the radio holds holds a, a candle to the stuff that people are putting in games right now. And then you put the visuals to it and the input, and it's just like oh, it's it's the best thing ever. I love it. One of the crazier challenges too, especially right now, has to be that you have games like Fortnite and Overwatch and I just PUBG to a lesser extent. I just started um, playing Fortnite this week. <laughs> <laughs> where you have to you're expecting people to pour hundreds of hours yeah. into this thing and especially in a game again like Fortnite, it is one map uh-huh. and you're hearing the same thing yep. over and over and over yeah. and you have to build a soundtrack that is doesn't grate on your nerves uh isn't so distracting that like sure. you're suddenly out of the game or anything like that i, I mean now that you are, again, you are new to this, but moving, have you thought about what you would do for a games as a service or something that is more multiplayer focused where you need that good soundtrack, but it's it's not really building a narrative? I, th- I would assume a lot of times music right. in a game that has a story is helping to build that narrative and that wouldn't be your job in this case. No, um, uh, games like, you know, a game like Fortnite, there's so many um, audio cues. I mean, there's uh, that the, the sound designer, you know, as far as the composer and the sound designer go. Um, mm. Really, uh, yeah, you want to keep, if you're going to have music going, you, you, know, you don't want a strong melody, you know, really pounding in to, you know, th- so they can't hear, you know, someone running upstairs, that kind of thing, you know. Um, so definitely the sound design in a lot of uh, atmospheric shooters has to take a forefront. Um, and that's something I liked about the new Doom is that it really, it was, it was, it kept that visual. It wasn't, it wasn't so audio related that you had to focus yeah. on the sound and what was happening. Um, that they could just have, you know, beats pumping and melodies going, you know, to just to kind of push you forward. And I appreciate that as, you know, as a songwriter, but then, you know, you need, uh, for, for somewhere where you're going to be running around in a world for too many hours. Yeah. You, you don't want the same loop going over. Yeah. And it's so weird to say like doom is subtle because yeah. goddamn, a lot of it yeah. is not subtle right. at all. You're tearing people apart, but there is a subtlety that to, to, to some of it in terms of, you know, turning the music down so you can hear a lot of these different things around you and the shots and the explosions and everything like that. And it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great example, too, where you mentioned with Fortnite and Footsteps. Like, so much yeah. of that game has to be, you can't have music blaring because yeah. you need to hear who's directly above you. PUBG is the ultimate version of that. If that game had, like, heavy music, imagine? I would yeah, find... Yeah, if it had, like, dubstep <laughs> going the whole time you run around in Oh, now that you say that, I want it. I, I know it funny. actually wouldn't help me and I'd get shot immediately, yeah. but... Well, there's I, no now... helping us. Some of these people that play these, uh, Fortnite just crack me up. It's like this is the <laughs> Fortnite is the first time I've ever felt old while playing a video game yeah. because I'm having these moments of just getting dominated and people <laughs> you know when you hand a controller to your parents or yep. maybe like even your grandparents and the first thing I do in a first person game is they look directly up or directly sure. down because they don't understand sure. that 
that is me, but trying to build in Fortnite. Sure. Like I just end up building direct, like a weird roof above me with nothing around me yeah. that I'm shot in the head. And I'm like, people are too good people at this game. People spend a lot of time it's, on this, yeah. Yeah, it, but it, it's, if you watch like Ninja or other people on Twitch, you have these moments of seeing what that game can be when you're firing in all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And again, you feel like an idiot. You're like, how can I not do this? Yeah. I am not fast Twitch enough at this point anymore. Yeah, I've made it my goal just to kill one of those guys every now and then, you know, just <laughs> sneak up, just ruin their day. You know, that's that's my whole goal. I know I'm not going to win like that. You know, I can never be that good enough, that good at that game. So my goal is just to take one of them out. <laughs> just, yeah, really. No, if twice. I ever got, if I ever took out like a, a popular streamer or someone who's good, right. I think I would just it's retire like, at that yeah, point. I'm you done. hang that in your fridge. You put that on your LinkedIn Fi- profile. Final boss. And guess got him. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of, I feel like a lot of Fortnite for me is just ruining other people's time, which makes me sound like an asshole. But you're just like, I mean, if I can get yeah. one of their guys down. You're running around shooting each other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's all that really matters about that. Uh, and again, like we mentioned before, you are pretty new into games, mm-hmm. but uh, you've had your own studio for over six years now, full time. What was a lot of that work like before you got into games? What were you doing uh, with your own studio? Um, well, for the longest time, uh, my my wife's a singer, and we got married young and just started, you know, trying to start band after band. I think we were in four different bands at different levels of success, and um, just wanted to record my own stuff. So uh, for the longest time, it was just trying to make the best competitive track I could you know that could play on the radio and Mm. um it just it's moved over super easy to this you know when I look at this now I'd realize that uh I had a there's a a, I can help because I can run my own studio you know I can do all the sound and all the mixing all the mastering and everything just and the writing you know right here from my from my house because you were said you were looking to get stuff you know as good or like on the radio or anything like that Mm -hmm. did you ever feel like you had to not cut corners, but tailor some of your music for a radio style that maybe wasn't really you? Like getting something out there like, ah, people might like this, and while I don't love this style, I'm going to try to make music that will eventually get popular? I didn't do that. I, if you can believe it, I didn't do that. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be like pious. And that's probably why, you know, I'm, I'm not like rich. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, it was kind of like a, a mediocre uh, music career. But um, no, uh, we, you know, it was a passion project. Like I said, my wife's a singer, and there was a certain kind of music that we both wanted to make. Um, so we just tried to make that sound as good as we could. And going back to the 8-bit stuff, it it was whatever the whatever they were doing with synths in those early days, those chip tunes. You know, I mean, they sound they sound kind of bad now, to be if, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. But they carried it, you know, and I it really just drove me crazy to figure out how to make music that wasn't wasn't techno, you know that the synths could carry it and you do hear stuff like um i mean like daft punk like they did with the tron soundtrack and you, mm. you've heard all kinds of stuff in the last like churches is actually doing a really great job with that right now um just using those to push push the music forward and um for me that completely came from from games how do you find a lot of new music today like for me it's oh, every spotify. once in a while yeah that, yeah it's at spotify yeah. will just, just recommend the, stuff yeah, based off like, my Here, listening hey, we made this and i'm like oh okay yeah, let's put it on. yeah it's great <laughs> do you do a lot of searching in there like other than the actual algorithms like are you looking in very specific genres that other people might not know about uh just if it's, someone says something's good on twitter you know i'll check it out that kind of thing or if there's you know a lot of people i've met they're always putting things out and i like what they like so i check out what they you know what they what they're into yeah. And six years ago, when you first started this studio, how different 
was your workload compared to where you are where you are right now? How long did it take you to start building up contacts and find consistent work that could allow you to avoid putting in 80-hour weeks? Because I feel like when you right. have your own studio, when you have your own creative endeavor, you understand that the more you put in very often, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah, that's, it's yeah, on, that's a dangerous. It's a very <laughs> dangerous mindset, but you know it's on you to make this successful. So mm-hmm. at the start, were you putting in a too much time and now you found the balance? Are you still putting in way too much time? Like what's no, it I've, like working I've, for yourself? I found the balance. I found the balance pretty quick. Um, yeah, because I didn't uh, – since, again, since, you know, my, my home life, you know, my, my wife and I – we're in it together in a way, you know, we, we basically lived like hippies for a long time. So we kept our, I mean, we kept our costs really low, you know, so we didn't have to make that much, you know? So, mm. um, but moving, you know, from, from that and, you know, mixing other people's, you know, just taking any work you could in and, um, and playing shows, you know, that's the, that's the thing about doing music as opposed to games is you have to go out and do it live to, to make anything off of it, yeah. to make a living off of it. You have to go do that. And, you know, as you know, I hate to say it, getting older and you know, we have our daughter and everything. It's like, ah, I always wanted to make game soundtracks. So eventually it was like, I'm going to go make game soundtracks now, you know? Yeah. It has to feel good to be able to just do the thing you want to do. Yes. Yes, it does. And, um, God, I have to say the game industry is a lot more, um, supportive than the music industry. <laughs> That's, it was surprising, you know, cause like, you know, like I've, you know, I found you on Twitter, you know? Yeah. And it's just like I'm trying to reach out to people and be friendly and all that, and uh, and just yeah, you guys are all so supportive. Yeah, you know, you're all <laughs> cheering each other on, and I'm like, eh, it just it, it was not. It's not like that in the music industry. You know, it's all very like closed off. No one, no one's really rooting each other on a lot. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Like, especially for games. Know. I mean, maybe because I think there's a big positive and a big negative to how closely we associate video games with our identity, right? Where people call themselves gamer. Like, not a lot of people say like, "Oh, I'm a book reader," or right. like, "I'm a movie goer." But like, people That's say, true. "I'm a gamer" because you associate that to a certain extent with maybe your upbringing or just what you do on a regular basis. And because of that, it feels like we're all trying to grow together right like if someone succeeds that's good for everyone and that's cool to see and you want to see people who have a passion for this come up and do it and the negative to that is if you insult games in any way or you come at them in any sort of negative perspective trust me i reviewed games for a while uh, (laughs) people take that as this personal front right where they're like oh you don't like the thing i love you're saying i'm not good and now i'm angry so like there's I, I, it has to be, again, going from where you were to where you are now, it is cool to see just the support that people have very often with what it's, this is. Yeah, um, it's wonderful. Like E3 is just in a lot of ways a celebration and uh, it's crazy business stuff and it's a lot of hands being shook uh, and a lot of you know business getting done. But also it's just people coming together who love this shit and are able to talk yeah, about yeah. why they love this shit. Yeah. I mean, even things like Steam. I mean, I know yeah, it's it's the popular thing to poo-poo on it right now, but yeah. um, poo-poo. Yeah, I have a kid. <laughs> um, but God, I wish I had something like that 10 years ago when I was trying to put an album out, you know? Yeah. Just something that could, you know, if it got on the front page, you know, or it just got presented on the right forum, then it just, you know, there you go. You got a career. But there's nothing like that. You know, it's, it's all very, uh, it's based around the city, you know, wherever you are. Is, music. is there anything like that today with music like soundcloud or can you the, like, if you could be on soundcloud can anything happen Bandcamp is probably the closest thing gotcha but the thing about steam is, is that it's it's 
the biggest marketplace and they will put anything on it, you know? And again, I know that's a, that's a, that's a argument right now, you know, how much they should cater and all that, but a curate, um, but man, it's just to be able to, if I had had that, you know, to just get it on somewhere that could have had it put on the front page and had uh, everyone see it, that would have been a huge deal. And there's still nothing quite like that because you're not going to get that from iTunes or Spotify. Um, Bandcamp's the closest thing, but they don't have that much of a reach. You know, it's not like a career maker to where yeah. a game can get featured. At least, I, I'm not sure about now. You know, I know a lot of indie devs would disagree, but um, there was a time when if it got featured, you know, it could make you, it could make a career out of you. Yeah, it's weird now because before it was, if you got on the front page, it really, it meant a lot and there wasn't stuff coming out every single day. So it can right. kind of stick there for a while. But now it's, if you release something by 6 p.m. that day, suddenly there's 18 different updates for all these other games that are sure. kind of overtaking that. And But I mean, it, there is still, it, it's crazy to think of PUBG as this scrappy upstart now. But I mean, I remember that thing coming out and being like, what is this goofy named game yeah, that is out yeah. there right now? I thought it was a joke, right? Remember you have a lot of those like goat <laughs> simulator joke power, things yeah, where I'm yeah. like, what is this Hunger Games type of thing? And then you yeah. know, blew up to be what it is. and. It, there's there's a lot of boomer bust with that i mean you'd hope that at some point there's a little bit better of a filtering system because doing this sure. podcast for as long as i've done and talking to different developers it's it's a huge bummer when you talk to people who have these great ideas that are great games but because so many things so many different marketplaces it's easy to get buried yeah it just doesn't get out there but i again compared to where you were before that's yeah. See, that's that, that's music. Period. That was music all the time. That's why you know this is like, this is great. Yeah, this look to, to me. This looks great still. You know, this is fantastic because <laughs> there's actually a chance. You know. Yeah. What is your average work week like right now? Like, what are you actually working on day to day? Oh, uh, either sound effects or music. Um, I'm working on something right now that I can't talk about. But um, oh man, I was so close. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I actually just just finished uh, a mobile game called. Uh, Maze Man, that was fun. Hmm. Is uh, I, I it's funny. I did a uh, game called Tap Wizard, and they wanted a Genesis, the kind of like a Sega Genesis sound. Yeah. Which I was the kid with the Super Nintendo, so. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, right. So I mean, of course, you know, I'll dive in. I'm a musician. I can do this, and I I like the way it came out. You know, I got some uh, some old chipsets and made it sound authentic to the style, and now I've gotten four more jobs off of that. So I've just been making wow. Genesis soundtracks for the last three months. And it's like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's just right now I'm just uh, basically taking whatever's thrown at me and building context and showing people that I can do a good job, trying to help them out. Is is the goal to kind of start out with maybe mobile stuff or smaller indies and then kind of build up from there? Do you have this? I mean, not everyone has a five-year plan. I feel like I barely have a two-month plan. But do you have a sort of idea of what this roadmap looks like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, it's not so much that it's mobile. It's just that I think that there's a lot of it. I mean, I think the the I did a soundtrack for Serialum 3, and that was he wanted just straight up. They wanted just straight up like Final Fantasy, you know, and yeah. I was, I was in cause I've got all these <laughs> string libraries and stuff. And the, again, like I told you, Final Fantasy two blew my mind when I was a kid. Um, so I just, you know, hold up for five months and wrote a, an orchestra, you know, just like I wrote an entire, yeah. an entire 24 tracks of this big soundtrack. Um, so the goal right now is just, you know, to get paid to make music and curate it as I go and the contacts I make and, you know, just help where I can and get cooler and cooler gigs, you know? 
what sort of tools are you using for this? Because I have very low grade experience with anything audio related. Like we are both currently using Audacity, which is okay, I guess, for what it needs to do. But beyond like noise cancellation and, uh, you know, leveling out stuff, I have very limited knowledge. So like, what are you using? And maybe the harder question is, how long did it actually take you to get a mastery over a lot of the stuff you're using? Because people who aren't in audio design probably have no idea. Uh, well, I'm using I'm using Reaper actually. It's um it's called it's Cocos Reaper. It's my audio workstation. I could I mean I could go on and on. <laughs> um, I've got a, I've got synthesizers sitting all around me. You know I make a point of always showing them in the little videos I do on Twitter. Um, and uh, just a little mic preamp that I use you know when I need to do vocals and whatnot. And I have a slew of plugins that I could bore you with. You know in inside my audio workstation. You know compressors. Yeah. Uh, limiters you know distortions delays reverbs all that you know and um yeah put it all together this is a super hard question to answer but how long does it normally take you on average to make a track for a game like let's use maybe um, one of the recent mobile games you did is that a a full week process a full month process like just a single track um, what's that taking depends on how complicated it is like uh the the genesis stuff since it's usually you know if it's gonna be authentic it's not gonna have a lot of parts it's gonna have like four or five parts at most Mm. you know drums bass and a couple of a couple of lead melodies you know lead and harmonies um something like that like the ones they just wanted a minute and a half that would loop like so less than a week honestly okay and then i have to mix and master it and all that but yeah i mean so probably just a five-day work week do you have a favorite track you've done or maybe just a, a favorite overall soundtrack you've done for a game so far? Does anything stand out? It, it's it's unfair to ask you to pick a favorite, but yeah. I'm going to ask you anyway. Like, Is there one that really stands out for you? Yeah, I loved, I loved what I did with Serum, Serum 3. I really, mm. um, that it's funny because it's one of the first things, you know, when I talked to the, de- the lead developer, Zach, on that, and he said he wanted something that sounded Final Fantasy, I was like, I can't believe I'm already doing this. You know, <laughs> I can't. This is great. You know, this is this is easy. You know, because again, coming from the music industry, it's like you f- you know you fight for every inch. You know, no one wants to pay you. You know, and this guy's like, hey, I want to pay you to make this awesome soundtrack. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, I it, and and true to that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of little hip hop influences in there because if you listen to things like Final Fantasy VII, you know, there's a lot of jazz influence and. It, it really goes all over the place. It's not always just this big, huge, epic score, you know? Yeah. And that's in the, the game. That game has a lot of different worlds that you go into uh, that are ruled by different gods. And they have their own theme. So, like, there's a, there's a, the one of, actually, one of them that is my favorite, I will say, from that soundtrack. And it surprises me is uh, there's this, I forget what the god's name, but it's from basically like he's like on a tropical world and he's always sleepy, right? Mm. So he wanted something chill. So, I went into that thinking of Mario 64's Dire Dire Docks theme. The oh, yeah. From, and got some ukulele samples. And just, <laughs> I, just, I wrote this really chill track. And it's just like, I, wow, this is great. That's, that's how I felt when I heard that song when I was a kid. And here I am doing it and getting paid to do it. And it's, yeah, this is great. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> it sounds like it. And that's awesome. Yeah. You, you did mention payment. And it's weird because... If you ever look on Twitter, people mm-hmm. don't seem to understand how to pay or what to pay artists or yeah. <laughs> anyone who yeah. uh, does like music or anything like yeah. that. Where every time someone is like, "Oh, I, I'll draw your uh, Twitter avatar for you," and they're like, "Oh, cool," and they like the people get to, people get annoyed when they have to get charged for it. It's yeah. like it takes time to it do does. this stuff, and, and it's, the, it's tough too. I mean, it's surprisingly difficult. The the intro 
to this podcast is from Simon Vickland, who did um, Bionic Commando Rearmed yes. and Payday. Oh my God. And, um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. By, uh, that Rearmed soundtrack. I, I listened to that too much back when it first came out. Go on. Sorry. It's, it, no, sorry. It's, it's, it's incredible. And that's why like, I, I reached out to him. And at, in the moment, I didn't even know like really – like, how do I address payment? I don't know what the value of this thing is. <laughs> yeah. and like, it, it's weird to do stuff like that. So have you been, have you found maybe the conversations about payment to be encouraging compared to what you've done in the past? A little bit frustrating? Is it right where you want it to be? Like, have you had a lot of people be like, here's $3 for this track or anything no, like that? No, actually. Um, in, in music And like the music industry, I'm not sure what to call that. I guess I'll just call it the music industry. It was like that, you know. They would have to fight. They want you to, you know, drive to Atlanta to play a show for exposure. You know, that's that's Ugh. it's all the time. You know, but this it was so far, it's been very upfront. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm not a kid. You know, so I mean, like, I there's been a few people who have approached me, and you know, I like I politely can tell that they're not. You know, this is this isn't gonna. They're never gonna make this game. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you get they just don't they don't respond. They you know they're unprofessional. Like you you learn just from life. You know what, where to put your time into. Um, but so far, the people I've worked with have been super professional, and yeah, they 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 don't have a problem with it. Are you reaching out to a lot of people, or are they mostly reaching out to you? Uh, I'm reaching out. I'm still on the. I'm. I'm politely bugging everyone I can. <laughs> Have you found people, you said some people might just not make the game or they're unprofessional, but are a lot of people being responsive? I mean, do you have a high hit rate? Are you batting like 500? Is it like 200? What's it kind of been like? <laughs> uh, 150, you know? Oh, that's uh, they're fine. all polite though. I will say that. Again, I, I love this industry. They're just so, so sweet people. Um, uh, a lot of responses and a lot of oh, we have someone, but wow, your stuff sounds great. Well, you know, if we know someone who needs it, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of just never hearing back or getting rudeness. But no, I haven't run into much of it. That's, I'm surprised a lot when I see people in the games industry, you know, again, I've been in this like a year and a half now talking about, you know, the rudeness they've ran into and everyone's been an angel so far to me. Yeah, as long as you show some sort of respect towards someone, usually you get it back. It's, I do try uh, to, yeah. That's my number yeah. one goal. That's like the main thing, right? And mm-hmm. that should probably be a regular goal anyway in that's life. That's being a good like, human. Yeah, know? don't I mean, be no, an asshole. Oh, but yeah. Don't be an asshole rule. But I mean, it's even with different scale, different type of thing. But with this podcast, just asking people to go on who, you know, for me, it's these these guests who you looked up to for the longest time or you love their games. And very often you'll either get a yes or get a super polite i'm busy at this moment but mm-hmm. let's do it later like people you're right that there's a lot of there's a lot of shittiness to games but very often when you get to the actual business side of it when you're talking to developers publishers yeah. and writers and stuff like that there's this genuine good naturedness if right. that is a word the people um, who are actually making them. things are usually really cool people you know the people you would actually want to work with are usually pretty polite i mean the, yeah we, we know there's obviously rough apples too but they also really want to i don't know talk about the cool stuff they're doing and i mean that in a positive way not in like a braggy way like it just podcast wise it's people enjoy having these conversations about the creative stuff they do and you've probably found that too because you're having conversations with people who are making stuff they're passionate about you're passionate about the stuff they're making Mm -hmm. and you want to help enhance it with something that you think fits with that so sure it's it's business wise the handshake makes sense but it doesn't always have to be as nice as it is and it really is 
are you often looking at like early concepts for games in order to figure out what you want them to sound like? What 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 stage of development are you coming into when you're starting to develop music for a game? They usually have the hush hush early. So far, they usually have the early just like don't show this to anyone. Yeah, the early demo. Yeah, just. I know exactly what it's like, you know, musically too, because I have a bunch of tracks that I would never let anyone hear unless, you know, I was working <laughs> with them on something. Um, but yeah, it's usually really early on, which is which is good because uh, it gives me time to actually write it. Is it kind of surreal seeing a lot of these games super early on? I know when I first started to see stuff and to assign NDAs and everything like that, you have this moment of, holy shit, I can't believe I'm seeing this this early. And same thing when you're a reviewer, suddenly you're getting a game early and you're like, you feel like you're almost doing something wrong yeah, the entire time. Yeah, we're it's like, pretty oh. cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's, I mean, that's why you do it. Is there a dream, like, let's say you got to see a game super early and score it. Is there a dr- dream triple A or well-known oh. <laughs> type of game you'd want to work with? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Metroid. Oh. Metroid. I mean, and like a, like a dark Metroid. I don't want to say like super dark, but it's just like what... The way the first Metroid felt, I mean, just yeah. this this isolation and this alien vibe to the soundtrack, you know, just I would love to do something like that. Or have you reached out to anyone who does like other similar type of Metroidvania games? I'm trying to remember the there, there's been a few that stick out that I cannot remember the names of right now. But there's a lot of games that do try to recreate yeah. that isolation and that different style. Are there indie games like that that maybe maybe if the, if oh, you don't yeah. get to work on Metroid Prime 4 right. or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. Which, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky finding a way to know who's making what when, you know. Um, but yeah, as soon as I get whiff of someone making something, I sit just send them a nice email saying, "Hey, you know, I can help. I love this kind of stuff. Here yeah. I am." And um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna happen. People need music. Yeah, it, everyone does need some sort of music for their game. Right. But is right. it is it hard finding? What is exactly you mentioned? You're reaching out to a lot of people. Yeah. What is your process for finding these people? For like, for me with a podcast, I can just be like, "Hey, I know this person. I like what they do. I want to go talk right. to them and right. see if we can have a conversation." But for you, you're very often going to games that you might not have heard of before, and you don't know what stage they're in. Are you going to Steam? Are you going just Googling different developers? What's kind of the process? Twitter. I've just, I've just a lot of the developers will, you know, hint at things that they're that they're making. You know, like, "Hey, I'm doing this early thing," and you know, get a, you get a vibe you know, from what it is, and then just, if they have an email, send them an email. And, yeah. you know, they, that mostly it's just they, they've had someone that they've worked with, you know, before, so they're going to mm. use that person again. But, like, with Zach and Cyril, it was, he was like, actually, I am looking for someone. I like your stuff. This is great. And we've done uh, three things now together. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's, you know how that works, you know. Yeah, it, once you start getting the ball rolling, it's right, crazy. Right. Again, wait, wait, I, I, with games, we had to mention, like, it's great, but it's also terrible. A lot of Twitter is terrible, <laughs> but oh it's God. also amazing what you can get done on there in terms I, of just actually talking to people. Yeah, as as a social networking thing, you know, it's great, you know, but it's not it's not great for um, in-depth conversation. It's really not. No, but, it's really not. But so much of so many connections can be made there just much more easily and like you said it's it's funny how right now you're getting work through twitter right like that, right well you're yeah, using it maybe yeah. the, the ultimate I'm, way it's it's kind of like my intelligence operative you know i'm using it to find out what's going on <laughs> and try to find things that you know i'm interested in uh for people who don't know much about just music or sound design or what goes into it do you think they're based off all your experience all these years there's a like one major 
misconception about how music is done? Let's focus on video games here. Is there something that you wish people knew about more? Because when you're a developer, there's always... It takes a lot to make a video game. Like there's certain, like a DLC updates, all these certain things that people assume you flip a switch when people say port it to switch because they think that's actually just like a two day yeah. thing. And you're like, yeah. that you are an insane person. Is there something like that in music that you found that people just don't really get? Something I've, I mean, something I've noticed in general that people don't, you know, is from, from a, from a point of view of making it is how much you can let yourself be inspired off of other things. Yeah. Like if I feel uninspired you're stuck and i've got to work i'll pull up i'll i'll sit here and i'll learn you know a zelda song and then i'll start fiddling around with the chords and before i know it you know i'm i'm making my own thing and i've noticed a lot of people get kind of nervous around that idea but music has a long history of people being heavily inspired off of each other um and that's okay you know i I don't i don't there's 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 a tendency to try to like hold on to things like that's mine you know you can't you can't use that (laughs) You know, like PUBG right now, was what they're suing Fortnite oh, about yeah. something. You know, like, and I think Blizzard just like tried to like lock down the uh, after gameplay from Overwatch. Oh like, God! It's you know, I mean, it's silly. You know, it, um, that I mean, like these these things directly inspire the tracks I go into. It's not just like this boom of inspiration. It's it's me loving music and letting it just come right through me. Have you ever inched toward? maybe too strongly relying on inspiration and by the end of working on track you're like god damn it i just recreated the exact same metroid thing or i just created the exact same kid icarus track a couple of times a couple of times yeah yeah it's where yeah yeah i'm too nervous i'm like all right let me try that again you know but yeah it's like i'll listen to it and be like oh that's that's that sounds a lot like it yeah but that's the thing you you, you know you, yeah you know. i assume at the very end you're like okay Never mind. Like, yeah, this is one yeah. of those now. I, I totally get this. Uh, in a perfect world, like, let's say after you really start getting established, you mm-hmm. know, throughout this year and the next year, what would you kind of want to be doing in a year's, like, w- during an entire year? Do you want to work mostly on bigger games, mostly on smaller games? Do you want to start uh, doing more sound design, more just full tracks? Like, what is your perfect scenario if everything keeps building the way it is? Uh, I mostly want to do music. Um, I can do sound design, um, but at some point, you know, I'm all about making songs. Um, I want to use, I want to find projects that, you know, I want to get away from just trying to make a living to working on things that I think are really cool. Yeah. Just because I think they're cool, you know, and anything that's got like a cyberpunk vibe or a space vibe, you know, like this is where I can use all these synthesizers (laughs) and strings and stuff. You know, it's like that really like that's. That's where I'm going to be. That's where I'm going. So, so that I think, so to you, what you asked about big or small, like a triple A, I, I, for the meantime, I, I'm really impressed with what a lot of double A and lower. That's, mm. that's unfair to say that because honestly, I think they're, they're doing God's work. You know, I think they're artists, you know, I think they're making the best games right now, you know, yeah. that are actually really fun to play and really interesting. Um, there's a few triple A games like God of War was great, you know, stuff like that. But um, I would love to work with those people that are that are just trying to do something that's punk, you know, that they just love it. Yeah, you know? they're making yeah. it because they can and they want to, not because they're trying to meet some kind of a shareholders meeting budget, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. There's that weird realm. It's like 
almost just below double A where it goes triple mm-hmm. I, and at that point we're just weird alphabet soup. But it, where <laughs> it's I've never these... heard triple I. <laughs> so triple I has been a term thrown around a lot a in, uh, recently with uh-huh. like where I am, where it's uh, if you ever play any super giant games like Bastion yeah, or Transistor, exactly. and I think yep. Pyre is the perfect example of this, where it's these indie games with a pretty significant budget and are longer than two or three hours and no they're not this big call of duty but it almost it's this fully fleshed out game that still works in an indie zone and i think maybe pyre is the one of the top examples of a, a game with, with music that stuck with me so far after too, i actually and, finished uh, it transistor the one before that oh god, my god i love the music in transistor it's that, so good uh, and it's it's so good it's so, so, neon so, good and at... so, uh, so sexy it's so good <laughs> we talked about journey earlier where it really blends in with everything right and mm-hmm. super giant from the gameplay to the, the the look of everything the themes and especially the music it just blends it just blends in this perfect way that if any of those elements was off you'd really feel it yeah it would really grind to a halt and those are the type of things where like that has to be i want you to do like that you should do that one of these days find a triple i now that yeah. you know what that means yeah. <laughs> and just work with them throughout the project so the boom there's your yeah. there, that, that's what you're doing moving forward there we go just, thank you <laughs> thank you you've shown me the way i'm just here to really solve problems yeah. that's what i'm here for uh last major thing where can people find you on social media and i know you mentioned before that you're working on something that's a little undercover but mm-hmm. what are you working on now that you could talk about and what's your website uh, my website is joshuaqueen.rocks. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. That's uh, at Joshua Neil Queen. Uh, Joshua and then N-E-A-L Queen. Just come hit me up. I'll talk to you. Um, I am working on, I just did some DLC for a game that I'm not supposed to talk about. <laughs> and I'm working on something else that I can't talk, which is actually, that's something that's difficult for me because I'm, I've in music. I was, I'm very much like hype, hype it up, you know, yeah. but that's not my job anymore. You know? So like, it's super uh, weird. Yeah. Like there's been times when they're like, Josh, don't say that yet. Don't show that yet. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> but you know, I'm like, I gotta, gotta hype it. And they're like, no, no, we'll do that. And it's okay. I'm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I have to do my job, <laughs> which isn't hype. So, but when you're when you're juggling projects, that has to be really hard to actually keep track of. Like, which, which one can I talk about? Which one can I talk about? Right. So, um, yeah, that's I'm working on. Uh, it's exciting too. Uh, lots of neon, which is what I was, which is where I want to be. It's a couple months, which is nice. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Perfect, uh, yeah. Josh. Thanks so much for doing this. It, it's of it's fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, totally. It's it's fun to hear someone who obviously found the thing they've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. where you can tell it in someone's voice in the way they're talking about something they're like oh cool this is what i've always wanted to do and maybe you yeah. kind of knew it all along but you never really know until you actually fully jump in um so i can't wait to see all this embargoed stuff that you're working on know, and once it actually goes public and you I'll, can yeah once i can hype can, it up i will trust me. yeah start hyping it up like a motherfucker on twitter <laughs> with all this kind of stuff and uh just based off the stuff i've listened to that you've already done i can't wait to see once you get you know, even bigger and people start discovering you more. Hopefully you get to work on those projects you really want to work on. And maybe who knows, Metroid Prime 5, there if that go. ever happens. Five, six, I'll, I'll do, I'll do I'm anything. waiting to see your name in the credits. Thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.